You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. That's Tom Schreier. It's Thursday afternoon. We're recording this two days before the Pro Bowl games get underway. Everyone be very excited about that, the Pro Bowl games. Uh, but me and Tom have some fun like little activities that we're going to do kind of in relation to the Pro Bowl games. We'll get to that in a little bit. The news of the day, I guess the news of yesterday, really, um, Kevin Seifert at ESPN reports that you know, why is the Vikings defensive coordinator search taking so long? Me and Tom theorized the other day that it's because they're waiting for Brian Flores to kind of make his decision with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I saw a stat. I think, you know, those online betting sites send odds all the time to reporters. And Brian Flores is the odds favorite to be the next coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So that was what we kind of theorized. Um, Kevin Seifert with ESPN reports that while that could be a wrinkle to this, the Vikings are also waiting and hoping they can get an interview with Denver Broncos defensive coordinator, Ijero Ivero. Um, And that is something that could happen. Um, Reports out of Denver this morning, new head coach Sean Payton is actually meeting with Ijero Ivero to kind of decide his future. I would assume by the time this podcast drops, we, we might actually know whether there is a future there with, with the Jerry Vero and, and Sean Payton on that staff. Um, but it is interesting to hear like the Vikings are waiting and they're hoping to get their guy. I think it's a good example of like, they are making sure like there is no stone left unturned with, with this whole search. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously just conjecture. I don't have any inside knowledge, but I was like, if I'm the Vikings and, I think it was Atlanta picked up Nielsen, right? Mm-hmm. And there just there seems to be a rule of three here. I'm not really sure. I'm, I guess I'm taking Pet now. Obviously, you interview your own guy, yeah. but this is not an outside hire. It, there seems to be like kind of a rule of three here with this. And like I do, I think they're being thorough. I also, if I'm sitting there, it's not a great sign, especially if you're like Flores probably gets hired by Arizona. Which I think about this, like, like I love D'Amico Ryan's. I think he took himself out of the running for Vikings job or for yep. jobs in general last year. But like that was a guy I was like, you should go get. He's gonna go to Houston, which is this like ridiculous organization, right? And like it looks like Brad Force, another coach I really like, is gonna go from Miami to Arizona. And again, you have to take the head coaching job. And sometimes, you know, especially the good coaches are able to kind of separate here's ownership and that level, right? And then here's us, the, you know, the coach and even the the coaching GM should separate at some points too. But like, um, but if you're like, you know, Flores is probably taking that job. I think it's smart to bring someone else in the pool, not only because if you end up with Sean Desai, you don't want to be like, well, we were just waiting on Flores. We didn't get him, so we landed on you. You know, this at least creates some ambiguity, right? Well, we're going to ex- explore this situation, which is new, right? The, right? the Denver Broncos, and this is this feels both like a new ownership move, but also very much like a Broncos move because I think they want stability. They want to be seen as kind of one of the premier organizations in the NFL, um, go get someone who is in New Orleans forever, right? And granted, kind of save that organization in some ways. But, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like because of the tide shift there with this weird thing, it involves a trade for a coach and stuff. I think you can justify in saying, hey, we're just we're just adjusting to the changing tide. And again, I think this guy, uh, um, 
pretty well like acclaimed and maybe one to been free and under different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I just I think it's smart kind of strategically. I also think it's just smart to interview as many people as possible because I think they're hoping to get someone for a little while. I think in some ways, because Flores was always going to be a head coach candidate, he might not have been the right guy. We kind of said that on the other show, yeah. but you know, whether it's desire when it, you know, end up with the Denver guy, I think like you're probably getting someone who's there for two to three years. And, and so this, this interview process, as much as I don't know the, you know, all the intricacies of what his defense is or whatever, I think at least the process is good. It just comes down to whether they, they grab the right one this time. For sure. Yeah. It's worth noting we are recording this Thursday afternoon. And by the time this episode goes live or shortly after this episode goes live, we, there could be reports out of Denver that Sean Payton and Ejero Rivera have kind of decided to work together, um, you know, within yeah. you know the Denver Broncos future. It is worth noting as well, though, that there is a history with this guy and, and people making large decisions for the Vikings. Um, Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Ejero Vero worked together in San Francisco way back, like a decade ago. And Ejero Vero was a coach with the Los Angeles Rams when they won the Super Bowl. So Kevin O'Connell has some familiarity with him. Uh, I saw a quote earlier this week and it pretty much sold me on the guy, like asked about, you know, interviewed last year, you know, about his philosophy with defense. Um, this is Rivera's quote. You got to affect the quarterback. If you can't get there with four, you got to bring five. If you can't get there with five, you got to bring six. We're going to bring pressure. That's what we need to do. That is the kind of philosophy that I think Vikings fans could probably hop on board with right away. Um, I think like as Ed Donatel's, you know, tenure with the Vikings started to deteriorate, um, the buzz words or like the buzz phrases were like he plays soft coverage and he never sends pressure. And whether that was because of personnel or that was because of philosophy on, on Donatel's part, the lack of pressure that the Vikings defense brought, you know, game in, game out, down in, down out, um, was something I think bothered fans. It was something I think made the defense way less effective. So when you hear a young guy like this, 42 years old, already inherently going to connect with, with younger players on the defense more talking about the way he wants to play this three, four scheme is with pressure and Mm -hmm. we'll bring as many guys as it takes to generate pressure on the quarterback. I think that's music to the ears of Vikings fans. We'll see if this works out, but I I do think it's an interesting kind of wrinkle to this whole thing. Um, It is kind of crazy though, Tom, like we're still talking about this defensive coordinator search now, like two weeks later. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, the process to your point of of making this higher and, and and doing everything that that you want to do and and you feel is necessary to, to make the right hire, the process is good. Um, it just feels way more dragged out than than some of the the coordinator hires that I that I'm used to in the past. Yeah, part of me goes if you just had hired Desai, you're like, well, they just screwed up the first time, and that's like a really bad sign for a new regime, right? Uh-huh. You know, they yeah. sorry, dude. You know, <laughs> but uh, and you know the only. The only way I maybe saw that going quicker is if, like, they just thought they could get Flores, and for some reason, like, whether it was the lawsuit or something else, he just wasn't going to get a um, head coaching hire. Because there, and again, people make too much of this stuff, but I know I think it's Matt Anderson, a, a local writer, was down at the Pro Bowl and took a picture of him. And of course, like, hey, yeah. believe it or not, these guys all talk to each other, but you know, uh-huh. there's some like, hey, what does this mean? Um, but I think, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think it's smart that it's, it, 
dragging on makes it sound bad, but that that they're taking this this much time. Also, just unless you lose candidates that you want, like why would you rush this process? You're gonna have to deal with it for a year. I think the I think what this guy's got to do. Anyone who comes in here, they they need to make the defense exciting. I understand ultimately their job is to be disciplined and stop big plays and all this, but it, it seemed like Donatel was more. I have the Fangio system; it works, and like a lot of this is just discipline. Like kind of the the more experienced players, the Harrison Smiths, the Patrick Petersons, the Eric Kendricks, they should thrive. Even Jordan Hicks to some extent, because they understand how defense is done. They understand the the techniques and fundamentals, as these guys always say. Um, and you know, when I was in the first half of the season, when I was sort of defending Donatel, I was more mm-hmm. emphasizing you should have more offense. Like that, what the hell is happening after you get off the script? Why is the why are the middle of these games so boring? Like. Why is it that you're not unlocking more? Cousins is a smart quarterback. You have Jefferson. I mean, at one point we thought Thielen would give you a little bit more and he eventually traded for Hawkinson. Like now that and the offensive line, which is, is really important, did improve. Um, I still think that's a factor. I still think there should be a 30 point offense. Like I, I just think that mm-hmm. should be the expectation. Having said that, like if you go all the way back to the draft last year, you go seen Booth, Asamoa. The what we had written on the site and what you could see from the scouting reports was these are fast, explosive, hard hitting players, right? These guys, like mm-hmm. if anything, Zimmer should be z- jealous that the, the Vikings got these players after he left. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean pressure, but I think that's what these players should do, right? You know, you throw Zitter, Smith and, and Hunter in there like they sh- this should not be a conservative keep things in front of you you right. know like something where like if cam bynum a converted corner who's a young player makes a simple mistake and the whole thing breaks down which it did feel like that happens sometimes right and granted offenses probably were targeting him a little bit it's sh- you know that should not be the case you're you're kind of creating chaos just with the defense itself so i don't again i don't think this would be wink martindale i don't think this will be the giants level pressure but i think there is something to just like lean into the explosiveness of the players who are explosive and lean into kind of the more like uh, mental side uh, with the veterans. And that shouldn't be, you should be able to do both, right? We're bringing the blitz. Harrison Smith will cover the the spots that aren't covered, right? Like if you have Osmo on the field, get that dude in the backfield because he's lightning fast, mm-hmm. right? Give, give, you know, set scene up um, again, assuming he's healthy booth up assuming he's healthy and like can play at the nfl level uh set them up to make you know bone crunching hits because the quarterback's flustered and he's basically throwing into coverage right um and so my hope is whoever whoever comes here and you know um you're talking about that quote and kind of what's suggested there again i don't think you're hiring wink martindale i think you're hiring someone who's eventually going to throw a or occasionally going to throw a cornerback you know Mm -hmm. in the backfield and make the quarterback do something stupid. So, so, you know, I get the NFL is gone. It's a passing league. I get, there's a lot of kind of shell defenses now and stuff. And a lot of it's keep things in front of you. It's where the rules are going. It's also the kind of football people want to watch, right? They want to watch it. 31, 27 game. That's back and forth. Um, but also people do want to watch like a linebacker come careening in and hit the quarterback. You know what I mean? And I don't think that should entirely go away. And I think uh, that's both on the NFL and how they, uh, dictate the rules but also it should be on the the defense that like how the hell was harrison smith not at the line more you know what i mean and i know he's not mm-hmm. the, the same explosive player he once was but it is weird that like it's funny that by week two and i understand the eagles are well coached but the eagles were like yeah let's just throw short passes <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like they, they figured it out you know? mm-hmm. and so hopefully you know a good defense you can't figure out because literally like the quarterback just doesn't have enough time to process on certain downs to make the right play 
For sure. Yeah. And and the rest of this will kind of materialize here in, in the coming days. Um, I feel like we've said that actually for the past week. So maybe it won't, maybe there'll be yeah. a new, a new report here in the next couple of days that the Vikings are, are looking at this person as their next defensive coordinator, but there will be resolution at some point. We will be kind of following along throughout that process, but yeah, I thought it was definitely interesting. Wanted to hop on here, talk about how, you know, the Vikings process continues to be drawn out, but Ijero Ivero seems to be at least a new target um, for the Vikings as this thing kind of progresses.